This week, I interviewed my friend Michael. We were actually housemates for a good four or five months. Um, nothing bad happened. We, <laughs> it was just time for me to leave the house, and um, well, that's a whole other story in itself. But I wanted to catch up with Michael and just talk with him again because we'd often find ourselves in the kitchen just in really fascinating conversations talking about life, um, different elements of psychology, psychotherapy, uh, philosophy. So we were talking about recording one of these conversations and it's only just happened now. We've, we were talking about it for a good Wow, a good two, three months, and uh, it just it never eventuated. But um, this week, we both made the time to sit down and just shoot the breeze and see what would come out of that space of discussion. So Michael has a degree in psychology, and he's also an Australian hip-hop artist. He's regularly playing um, gigs and concerts around around town, and I thought it was quite an interesting uh, combination because during our conversations in the kitchen, it also came out that Mike isn't always uh, so secure and um, grounded within himself. And uh, despite that, he's still putting himself out there in front of the public on stage regularly for everyone to see. So I was quite interested to ask him his journey uh, with feeling comfortable performing on stage and how he got there. So all of that's uh, in our discussion. And maybe that's all I need to say right now. And I'll just let you enjoy the talk. So basically what I'll do is just sort of swing Yep. between us. Sweet. Sweet. It's for good sound. I mean, you're used to microphones yeah. with what you're, you're doing. I am. Yeah. 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 It's good to be back here in the, in the house, as I was saying. Oh, I like that. I am enough. Yeah. On the mirror. It means a lot, actually. A lot of meaning behind that. Basically, I came across that about three weeks ago. I was just looking through different talks from speakers that I like to listen to. And um, there was this one lady who was giving a talk. I can't remember her name, but um, I can bring it up later for you. Essentially, she's a really well-known, uh, I'm not sure if she's a psychologist or a therapist, um, you know, someone who helps people. And apparently she sort of has, you know, really high-profile celebrities and things coming to see her for help you know, when they've gone to see all these different psychs and therapists and they have no luck and they've spent, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars, apparently this, this lady, you know, they get sent to. Um, and she basically got asked to summarise, if she was to summarise in the shortest amount of words possible, you know, what really helps people that she's um, helped. And, um, yeah, she came up with that expression, I am enough. And basically she gave this one case of this guy, didn't give the name. She just said, this is a very famous person. He was falling apart. He's a multimillionaire. 
Um, but all his friends were basically saying, look, you need to see this guy. He's just, nobody can, nobody can deal with him or whatever. And so essentially what she asked him to do was write those three words all over his house, all over all his stuff, like all over all his expensive cars, um, everything, mirrors, whatever, just as much as he possibly could write it everywhere. And it sounded crazy. He was like, are you, are you serious? This is not going to work. And she was just like, do it. And he did it. And apparently it worked. So. What, what happened to him? Like what? She didn't go into the details in this talk. This was just like one small kind of section of the talk. So it's kind of interesting. Um, I may, you know, go on and, and look at her stuff and see if I can find out the details of that. But what it is really is about self-worth. Um you know, and self-love too. Um, really as simple as it sounds in one way, you know, I am enough. But when you, you know, when you kind of go into it, I guess we can caught, we can get caught up in, in different aspects of life where we don't actually feel like that. Mm. You know, um, I, I know I, from time to time, don't actually feel you know, in a true sense, I am enough. So, you know, we kind of, instead of feeling like we're enough, you know, for whatever we feel like we need other stuff, whether it's, you know, certain people or certain relationships or substances or food or, you know, certain jobs which, you know, may not be fulfilling or whatever. Mm. Uh, so anyway, that's <laughs> the story behind that. What does it mean for you, that phrase, I am enough? It's sort of learning to accept myself, I guess, which for me um, is quite tricky. Yeah. You know, um, growing up, I think I was quite caught up in achieving things, achieving good grades or achieving, you know, um, high rewards in sport, athletics, you know, basketball, soccer, whatever I did, I had to be the best in it. Um, you know, when I was younger, probably up until young teenage years, really. And for me, when I think about that, I am enough. What it means is accepting myself without any of that stuff, without any achievements, any first place or A grade or any status, um, just accepting myself for who I am as I am. Yeah, it's interesting because um, obviously we've lived together for, how long was it? It was like a few months. Maybe four or five months? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, and we'd often, you know, just find ourselves in the kitchen just talking away and um, yeah, one day, because I... I think one of the first talks we had, um, you let me know a bit about, well, I knew through a friend that you did, um, he called it like conscious rap. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you might have a different term for it, but um, uh, that's what he called it. And so then I brought it up with you. I was like, that's mm. so interesting. What What is it exactly? And you explained it to me a little mm. bit. We also went into... Um, a bit of your interest in... Oh, you've done a psychology degree, right? Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, I did a Bachelor of Psychology 
second major in philosophy. Graduated way back in 2012. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I can talk about, you know, a little bit about the conscious rap, conscious hip hop stuff. Yeah, yeah, because I think it's a why I brought that up is because mm. it's a, such an interesting um, combination for me. Mm. Mm. This is just my perspective, but mm. you know, for, for me, getting up in on the stage mm. and singing, and mm. not not just any old singing, rapping and even freestyling, yeah. that's a that's a big deal. And mm. the the pressure is on to not slip up, oh, yeah. you know, to yep. get that flow going. Yep. And, you know, it's almost flow on demand. How, like, how have you, as, as you're someone just like myself who struggle with, you know, you know, just as we said, I'm not, you know, I'm enough, I'm enough. So there's some background there where potentially you haven't felt enough. Great question. For me, um, you know, the reason why I do hip hop, why I do rapping, um, it's a form of expression. Um, it's a way that I express myself in a way that I can't really discovering any other part of life not in my work life not in sort of your everyday interactions not quite it didn't really quite happen during university studies either um but you know ever since say 14 15 when i first started rapping to get up there on stage and to express to vocalize um such a powerful such a powerful feeling i i, I can't compare anything else to it whether there's one person in the crowd who's getting into it and it's just an empty room or whatever, whether there's 100 or 200 people getting into it, amazing, amazing feeling, really hard to compare it to. And when you, yeah, when you mentioned the freestyling thing and, um, you know, how difficult it must be, I would say right now I still find it difficult. Every time I get up on stage, you know, just before I get up on stage, I still get the butterflies, I get nervous, you know, I get scared. I think, oh man, you know, am I, am I in the zone? Am I going to deliver here? You, you know, am I going to bring the heat? Um, but there's this strange transformation that happens. As soon as I get up there, as soon as I start, it's pretty much from the first word or from the first beat that starts even. Um, all that nervousness, that kind of anxious energy just transforms into excitement to this kind of bliss, this euphoria. And it's amazing how quick the transformation happens. It's just like that. It's like a switch. Really bizarre. And that was, you know, as that started happening in, in my teenage years and I, you know, really got into that kind of feeling, I kind of realized for me, it was a real, um, it was a very insightful, powerful moment linking it up to my anxiety, for example. Um, various times, you know, um, I, I get nervous. Uh, sometimes, you know, things, if things get a bit overwhelming, you know, uh, I will feel a bit of anxiety. And what I realized doing that was it seems like it's just the same energy, whether it's that kind of anxious, nervous energy or, you know, whether you're really excited or euphoric, that experience kind of made me realize that it's, all actually the same energy but, but you know it made me actually feel it i guess i'd heard that theory you know people say that before that but to do that to get on stage and to experience that kind of that scariness that real anxiousness shaky you know really your hands are shaking it's like even a little bit of sweat 
as soon as you get it and to just have that transformation, very interesting, right? Because then I just kind of thought, well, this, it must be the same energy. There must be this one sort of, you know, type of energy, how, whatever you want to call it. You know, some people re refer to it as chi or prana or, you know, life force or whatever that is. It felt like I was kind of tapping into it, whatever that was. So you, so was it a conscious switch or it just would happen and you'd suddenly, well, I would be conscious of it, but it, it, it's almost like it wasn't in my control. It was just, I'm up there, I'm on stage, I'm kind of freaked out, really wondering what the hell I'm going to do. And then as soon as I begin, it was like, oh, well, now it's going to just transform into excitement. It's not really your choice, but now all that nervousness, all that anxiousness is gone quite an astonishing change you know um, yeah it's almost the complete opposite you're going yeah. from anxious or like you even doubting that you can 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 deliver or is that yeah. not not even in your head are you like i'm nervous as hell but i know i can do this is that more of the case well, that's a good question too you know when i think about that I don't think I really get to the point where I actually doubt myself. I think in the back of my mind or really deep down, I kind of know I can deliver. Um, you know, I, I know I've got, I know I've got the ability. I've now got the skills to deliver on the spot. Yeah. I haven't actually thought about that. Okay. But it's interesting when you ask the question, you know, do I actually doubt? And no, probably not. Yeah. Like on a deep level. Yeah. And I'm thinking you're not there because someone's put you there. You're, you're there because you want to be there. Yeah. You want to be on that stage. Mm. And uh, <laughs> this reminds me of um, some of the times when I'd see people on stage and be like, that must be terrifying. Mm. And to them, maybe like yourself, mm. as a performer, you're getting that anxiousness and that nervousness, pretty, pretty normal but they don't have this doubt in their head that they, mm. they can't deliver, that they can't do it. Mm. But to me, I looked at them and I was projecting all of my doubt onto sure. them. And I was like, if someone forced me on that stage right now, I would just collapse mm. from fear and just like, just crumble. I'd be, yeah, it'd be horrible. Yep. Um, and that's really helped me realize that people, that you, you only take the, like you've built up this, experience with your own performance and feeling comfortable on stage yeah but how did that first start for you because it was there was mm -hmm. an initial step oh yeah to okay. performing in front of people that's a good question i have a very, a very defined answer for that actually oh, it's good that you asked that um when i was in year five it was year five or year six so it was either 10 or 11 years old we had an assembly I think I was 10 years old. We had an assembly and we had a, you know, class dance that we had to organize. It was part of like, you know, dance class or something that we had then. Um, so back then I wasn't a very confident kid. I was quite shy, um, quite withdrawn. Um, you know, we did these dance classes. We were at the end of one dance class or whatever. And the teacher basically came, came up to me and approached me and sort of said, Michael, got a question for you just wondering if you want to lead the dance in the assembly and i you know i was just so scared 
straight away I just sort of said, no, no way. Like, why would I do that? Why would you even ask me to do that? Kind of thing. Very shy kid. And she was sort of saying, oh, look, Anna, I know it's very scary and everything, but I think you, I think you'd be really good at it. And um, you know, she was great. She was just sort of had that very gentle uh, demeanor um, for a teacher. And anyway, so I remember that morning very vividly, man. Jeez, it was. You know, it would have been eight thirty a.m. or so, nine a.m. or something. It was the very start of school. You know, at the at the assembly. So, I remember being on stage, waiting. You know, all the people are slowly coming in, and dude, I was just a mess. I was shaking. I was nervous. Just, I was like, what a what have I I agreed to do here? This is nuts. You know, my mum's there. Um, there's all these people. I was just scared, dude. It was just so scared. It was unbelievable. I nearly bailed. I was, I nearly approached a teacher and just said, look, I can't, I can't do this. It's crazy. Why did you ask me to do this? Right. So of course, what, what did you actually have to do? Uh, I had to stand at the front of the group. So, you know, there was like 20 of us in the class and there was kind of like a formation of the dance. Right. And I was basically like the guy who emerged at the front to do, to do this dance. And it was just kind of whatever, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. So just really scared just as it was going to start. And I was just shaking. And as soon as the music started, that happened for the first time in my life, actually, that happened, that transformation from this sort of scary, you know, uh, anxious energy to this excitement, bang. I couldn't believe it. It was like, I really remember that moment when the music started and I kind of started moving and all that energy just transformed and just this, yeah, this real bliss, this real euphoria. Um, and I would say it's almost like my body just kind of started doing stuff, but my mind wasn't there yet. It took my mind like, I don't know, like maybe an extra 30 seconds to kind of catch up. It was almost like my body started enjoying it, getting into it. And my mind was still like, what are you doing? Whoa, this is crazy. Like, whoa, hang on a second. Well, wait a minute. Maybe it's not so crazy. Maybe it's okay. Hang on, this is kind of fun. All right. Well, okay. All good. Yeah, very, that was the first time. So that was it. From then on, I was like, okay, this is, this is something um, kind of like this. And that, that, that was, yeah. That, that, was, that, was, that initial that was, taste. Yeah, that was it. Mm. Also, yeah, um, it just sort of popped into my mind on the on the conscious hip hop thing. To be doing hip hop right now, um, in two thousand and sixteen, and to have the opportunity to do what I call conscious hip hop is—I mean, I just feel amazingly privileged. Hip hop emerged out of New York in the mid seventies, basically partly as a kind of reaction to this real, you know, this real urban decay that was happening. A lot of youths were unemployed. There was a lot of violence. There was a lot of weapons around. Um, these people didn't really have anything to do um, with their time except join a gang. You know, joining a gang was the only way uh, to get money, you know, through dealing drugs or whatever or, you know, um, that was really their only way of life. So a lot of the people who I listen to, like my favorite rappers, they grew up in New York during that time where... It wasn't a question of like, oh, what am I going to rap about? It was basically, if you're going to rap about your life and what happens in your life, you're going to rap about violence. And yeah, there's going to be chauvinism in there because that's what they experienced during that time. 
fast forward to now, sort of me here in Fremantle in 2016, I didn't grow up with gang violence. Um, you know, I didn't grow up in that kind of setting. But, you know, I mean, I've experienced my difficulties. Um, you've experienced yours. Everyone's experienced their own difficulties. If you happen to be inclined towards rapping and hip-hop, then you can express that within hip-hop. And, you know, it might not sound like gangster rap or whatever. It might have other themes. But, in a sense, you're still uh, expressing your struggle. You know, your struggle might not be um, growing up in a gangland. What, what are you expressing through that art form? Because as you said, you enjoy expressing yourself, but what is it is at the heart of your expression? Like what are you, yeah, through hip hop, how are you doing that? Really good question. Straight off the top, I don't think right now, if you listen to the songs that I have available um, now, in my mind, they're not quite portraying what I really want to portray. Um, a, a lot of the new stuff that I'm writing, it, it's kind of coming closer. But yeah, I have my idea of like, you know, what I see is the kind of problems with the world and what I see is where we could be going to sort of make things better, to sort of reconnect with ourselves, with each other. You know, uh, my single Mass Manipulators is quite a socio-political song. I mean, the, the first verse is, you know, all about commercial news and the kind of manipulative nature of it. Um, not because there's anybody there intentionally trying to manipulate people or anything, but just purely because of the commercial structure of the way that news is delivered. We all know that certain people own these companies. They have an agenda. The information that you're receiving, um, you know, it, um, it's biased in certain ways. It needs to be looked at critically, basically. I kind of want my raps to kind of wake people up in a way. It's kind of like a, you know, boom, here it is. There's a lot of shit going on. Pay attention, if you will, if you feel like it, because you probably want to. I mean, if you want, you can just stay asleep um, and stay oblivious. But part of my raps are like that. It's kind of like, look, this is how I see it. I like that hip hop and music is just a really direct way of getting to people. It kind of it kind of gets people deep. It kind of gets people in their heart if it's a melody that they engage with, if there's just something about it they really feel, it hits them on a level that's it's deeper than just going to a lecture or reading a book um, or, you know, you watch a film. I guess it's a combination of music and images and all that kind of stuff. But all those things do make an impact. But for me, there's something about music and hip-hop music in particular um, and even, you know, some of the reactions that I've got at shows from people, they don't even really like hip hop, but, you know, they'll come up to me face to face and say, look, I really enjoyed your music. I don't really normally listen to this type of music. Um, whenever I hear that, that, that is a really special kind of um, satisfaction for me because that's partly what I'm trying to do with my music. The stuff you've put out already, yeah. you don't feel like that's... Mm -hmm. fully expressing what you want yeah. to express at the heart of, yep. yeah, at the heart of it. Hmm. Do you have a, do you have a sense of what that is? Like the deepest, truest expression of what you want to share with people? Yeah. Okay. Living now in 2016, we're in a real transitional time. There's a lot of things in the next few years that are going to change dramatically, whether it's for the positive or for the negative. I think it's fairly hard to deny, um, 
there's a lot that's changing. So for me, what I really want to do is portray that through my music. And I am, I'm, I'm getting closer to doing it. But really in my heart, I really have this sense that, you know, we collectively need to wake up in a lot of ways. Like I really feel that. Um, and I feel like hip hop is a great medium for doing it. Other forms of music as well. But for me right now, I'm good at doing that. So I feel like I want to portray that. Um, whether that means bringing up, you know, to people, spirituality, what does it actually mean for you, for me? You know, what kind of impact could that have on other people, you know, if if we were to explore that? Um, on the idea of occupation, of work, you know, what does that mean to you and me? Is it nine to five? Does it mean you have to go to work for some company? Is there some other way to make money? Um, you know, how important is it to make money? How do you spend your time? Like, I mean, what what's really important? In previous stages in history, we really didn't have as much choice on that. That was quite defined. Um, in the way of choosing your path, what career do I want? How long should I stay at school? Should I travel? Things like this. Those opportunities were much more limited through pretty much every other stage of history. But now we have all this kind of choice um, as to where to go. Um and that's what I wanna, what I'm trying to do with my latest album. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it something like "State of Transition." I'm still sort of working on it, but it's really encapsulates that. What a time, 2016, right now. What a mixture. I mean, you, this is, it's such a volatile mixture. You can look in certain parts of the world right now where it's literally hell. There's warfare. There's mutilation, torture that we're not really hearing about in the mass media. Protests going on all around the world right now. On the other hand, you've got amazingly conscious groups of people getting together um, and, and trying to help, whether it's trying to t help poverty, whether it's trying to target climate change, you know, whether it's on an individual level, uh, trying to help people through self-help stuff or you know, moving people towards their potential growth, whatever that is. I just see it as a really interesting mixture right now. Um, you know, even people like you doing these kind of talks, um, great, amazing, you know, um, to provide that space um, where people can express themselves um, and other people can listen to it and hopefully gain something from it. Mm. So within that whole milieu, what a mixture. Like what, what a situation to be in in 2016. And for us... You know, guys who have shelter, we have food, we have a, a decent amount of freedom. Um, we're the ones who kind of, we have the opportunity to speak about this stuff, to put it out to the world. I can't remember, somebody, it was two or three years ago, just put this so well, they kind of summarized it. When you think about any kind of conscious change or you know, any kind of developments that are really going to shake things up and help people on a large scale. Um, if you, if you really, if you're too poor, you're too disadvantaged and too disempowered, you're not going to be able to have much impact. 
um, you know, you, I guess you just don't have the strength, you don't have the resources. It's a very unfortunate situation. Sure. I mean, you're focused on day-to-day survival sure. instead right. of like, how can right. I change the world? Right. Yeah. Totally. Makes sense. Yeah. Go to the other end of the scale. If you're part of that top, whatever, one, two, three, four percent, five percent, whatever you want to call it, you're also not going to do much either. You, you're probably going to want to, uh, you know, self-protect, maintain your own position of advantage. You've got a lot of stuff. You've got a lot of power, a lot of privilege. So you're probably not going to want to shake things up that much. Sure. But it's this, this middle cohort, you know, people like us, we have enough to survive, you know what I mean, where um, we're okay to an extent, but we're not so rich and privileged that we want to keep things the same. There's a lot that really needs to be changed and we can, it's difficult. It's complicated. Um, and it, I think it's easy for people to say, to kind of look at the whole situation and say, Oh, look, this is too hard. I mean, I, you know, I'll just, I'll do my job and I've got my family, you know what I mean? I'm just, all that stuff is so overwhelming, right? It's, it's so hard. For me, I don't know, man, I've, I've just always, um, and in the last couple of years, really got in touch with this feeling. It does matter. And even if it's hard, it needs, it needs to happen. We at least need to be talking about this stuff. We at least need to be spreading some sort of awareness. And for me to do it through music, through hip hop, I'm pretty good at doing it that way. So yeah, that's, um, that's what I'm trying to do. Is there anything right now that you'd like to express? Given where we're at at this point in time in the world, 2016, you mentioned it's a big time of transition and change. Is there anything you'd like to express from your heart to anyone listening to this right now about where we're at? Or it can be anything else, up to you. Just want to open that space. Look, on, on a personal level, on an individual level, you and I as individuals, everybody as individuals, look within a little bit, do a bit of work. And by work, I mean, do a bit of inner work, whether that is through some sort of book or some sort of therapy or some sort of counseling, do it, look within. Awareness or self-awareness, in a sense, is never going to do harm. Um, If, you know... If I'm thinking about right now in 2016 or what will help, how we can help ourselves and each other, first and foremost, do your own self-development, do your own inner work, figure out where you're at, you know, figure out what is it that drives me? What do I care about? Um, You know, what triggers me off in different situations? What, What pisses me off? What annoys me? And where does that come from? What happens in my body when I get triggered off? If a certain, you know what I mean? If something's, if something's been holding me back in my life, you know, what is it really? Um, so do some sort of self-work, um, inner work, self-development, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's valuable. I mean, for me, again, it's just through my experience over the years, as confronting as it is to kind of, to try and go into whatever it is that's been holding you back, um, holding me back, extremely valuable work. Um, that's 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 one thing. Once you when you start doing that, to me, the larger 
you know, social, political issues kind of become clearer. It becomes easier to kind of think about all that stuff because I really think you need to connect with yourself before you can connect with others, have meaningful relationships, really experience love and really thrive and, and flourish and really just just be there, be, be in the zone, feel, you know, free-flowing um, there's, there's a lightness there's a and what happens is that there emerges a certain synchronicity all of a sudden things do seem to fall into place there seems to be a person there at the right time just when you need them how have, how have you done that how have you brought the the self-awareness back yeah back in with yourself how's that process actually mm. unfolded for you wow Wow, great questions, great questions. For me, part of it has been, you know, my own mindfulness work um, to really just keep track of myself. If I get into a situation um, where I get caught up in certain thoughts or feelings, it's just to stop for one second and just check what's happening, what's happening right now. Um, so how you're feeling in your body? Uh, what else will you check in with? Mm. Um, what's happening in my body? What's happening in my mind? What's happening, you know, what am I feeling? Um, on a personal level there, but for me also um, doing my, my own counseling, my own therapy. So, um, you know, that really helped. I mean, that that goes back to high school for me, you know, quite a quite a sort of traumatic year to year 2000 was really a year that changed a lot for me. Um, you know, I experienced a couple of deaths of people that were really close to me and the breakup of my parents all within the space of, you know, three months kind of thing, very heavily impactful for me. I mean, it really shook my whole world at that point. I just thought, uh, you know what I mean? School, this stuff doesn't matter what you know all this pain and and all of a sudden to just get it all in one whack i mean you know how do i deserve this you know the world is terrible and i am a victim and i didn't do anything to deserve this right at that point i guess it really influenced me to turn inward to look inward um to some sort of strength because otherwise the alternative to to looking for some sort of strength was just falling into sorrow, going into some sort of sadness, some sort of deep anger, you know, this a kind of resentment at the world, if you like. Um, so that was that was huge um, for me. That that was really a turning point. That was it. You know, that was huge for me. That I have conversations with people, and I hear people say, you know, oh, I. I had a certain point of awakening or, you know, I had a certain time which really sparked this off. For me, that was definitely it, 2000, year 2000, you know. All right. Oh, I just want to, I just want to finish with, um, I love asking this question because it's, it's really interesting responses come out of it. How old were you at year 2000 when all that stuff happened? I was uh, 15, yeah. Right now, if you could give that 15-year-old Michael some advice, what would that be? 
Wow. Wow. That is an incredible question. That's an incredible question. If I was to give that 15-year-old advice now, I would say you have no idea in what ways this experience, which seems terrible, will build a kind of strength in you, will build a kind of resilience, will shape you to become a much deeper, even more well-rounded individual who will have a huge impact on other people's lives. This is very painful. You, this is a lot of difficult stuff that you're going to go, go through. But trust me, it, it's not endless. Um, it does get better. It sounds very cliche. But really, I, I really hope you can know this. Um, you get through it in an amazing way, uh, in a way that you can't even imagine. Great question. Shit. <laughs> Look, man, thanks for talking with me. It was, no it was awesome. Great to talk to you, man. Always, uh, always a pleasure. Good to catch up. And I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Hey, um, if people are interested in checking out some of your, your beats, some of your music, hmm. where can they go to find that? Yeah, so... If you go on Facebook um, and type in Mike Slade, um, you'll see me pop up there. Um, if you're in, in sort of Perth, Western Australia, then I should be the first one to pop up there. Also have a SoundCloud. If you look up Mike Slade there, that's M-I-K-E-S-L-A-D-E. Um, I have a, a few freestyles and a couple of older tracks from my old band on SoundCloud. Um, I have my single, which is called Mass Manipulators on Bandcamp. So if you look up Mike Slade, Mass Manipulators on Bandcamp, you'll get the song, which you can download for free. There's also a video clip on YouTube for that song. Uh, Mike Slade, Mass Manipulators, video clip for that one. I'll link it all up in the, in the post. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Appreciate that. Thanks again, man. Sweet. No worries. Thank you.